Welcome to the Destiny Church 217 Podcast, where we share the Sermon of the Week from Destiny Church. After the message, check out the show notes for links and more information on how to get connected with Destiny. Let's get into the message. Yeah, I have a couple photos to show you this morning uh, in a, a sermon entitled How to Walk in Power and Authority. I'm not, I'm not, uh, uh, my main goal is not to make you hungry, but I have a few pictures of some food for you to look at. I want you to pick your favorite. Is it uh, the cake or the pancakes next? Pizza? Mm, pepperoni pizza or some nice iced tea? French fries? Or some funky Asian food? Right? What's it going to be? What do you want? The fries? Go back. Let's go see the other ones again. Uh, next. Uh, I mean, my wife says pizza covers every food group, so that would be like breakfast, lunch, and dinner, right? Or the French fries. I'm a French fries connoisseur. So what's it going to be? Don't take any of them because they're plastic. Every one of those is from a website called displayfakefoods.com. So we don't get any kind of copyright problems. Uh, it, it's it's uh, it happens here in America. It really happens overseas, where you walk up to a restaurant and they have a f- big display of all these foods that aren't real. They're just plastic. They're fake food, and some of them, as you can see, look uh, pretty tasty if you're hungry. You know the church today. There's a lot of hungry people that come to church, but they end up getting served fake food. And it's plastic. Or like, I I mean, I'm old enough to remember paraffin, like wax, wax apples on my grandmother's table. And uh, uh, it's not real. Uh, None of that food is real. And so today we're talking about how to walk in power and authority. We want the real deal, right? And Jesus is the real deal. There's 37 miracles in the Gospels, in the four Gospels. Two weeks ago, we talked about water to wine, taking some dirty water, putting it in uh, six stone water jars, coming up with uh, nearly 700 liters of beautiful, the best, not good, but the best wine possible. That demonstrated his power, we saw. Then last week, Jesus returned to Cana for his second miracle, if you recall, and that's when he spoke to the uh, royal official and his son. Now, the son was 20 miles away in Capernaum or Capernaum. The royal official came, probably on horseback, all the way to Cana, said, I need you. I believe that you can do what you say you can do. I don't necessarily believe you are who you say you are, but I believe that you can work some miracles. That's what I've heard. In fact, right here in Cana, you did that. If you would please come back to Capernaum and uh, pray for my son, I know he can be healed. Jesus simply said, go, your son is healed. That happened about one o'clock on the way back. He met his servants. They said, hey, your son was healed at one o'clock yesterday. He goes, "Uh, is that the time? Uh, that was the time that Jesus prayed and he made a correlation and he said now I believe not just in what he can do remember because he was a believer in what Jesus could do at the beginning but at the end he and his whole household believed meaning now he believed who he was not just Jesus resurrected and was alive but he is the resurrection and the life see the difference those were his first two miracles they both happened in, uh, in Cana 
But second miracle, though he spoke to the Roman official in Cana, actually happened back in a small fishing village, Capernaum, which is on the north shore of the Sea of Galilee. I have a few photographs to show you about this fishing village. Back in the day, uh, only about 1,500 people lived here. So as you equate yourself with the map of Israel, at the top you see the Sea of Galilee, only about 15 miles long. And off to the side, uh, off to the west, you see Cana. You may not be able to read that, but I did put a little red dot right where the town of Capernaum is, Capernaum. And that's where we see uh, two ancient synagogues. Let's take a look at some photos. Now watch this. This is from a, this is from a drone, Aaron. <clears throat> not my drone, but this is from a drone. This is the village of Capernaum. We'll go there on our tour of Israel uh, next year. Now you may be able to see a circular building kind of towards the shoreline. That's actually the roof line of a church that was built over another church from like the 400s over a house that they believed that's where Peter lived. Then you come down a little bit, you'll see some other, you'll, you'll see some other uh, ruins and you'll see a synagogue. Next picture. This is now a picture of that church in the ruins of Capernaum. Next picture. Now this is kind of fun. This is just a, this is just a side note for you. As I was going through my pictures, uh, I ran across this, and it was all, it was really enlightening to me when I first saw it. So this is totally a side note, totally a bunny trail. But this is an olive press, and so if you wondered how they pressed olives, they would grind up olives, and then this this olive press is right there in Capernaum, and so they take all the olives, the the olive mash, if you will, and they put it in the top of that stone. That's a that's a square stone, a rectangular stone rather, and they put all that goo in the top of that and then they take what would be the equivalent of well they would use a log probably would think of something more like a like a four by four and they would set it vertically on top of that mash that's in the cylinder you following with me and then they would begin to put heavy rocks on the top of the wood and they would press the oil mash until at the very bottom there's a little bit of there's a little spout at the bottom of that stone that they've hewed out and then it goes into that basin and that's where the olive oil comes out what do you think they did with the first 10% of the olive oil? They didn't burn it. They didn't use it for their highfalutin food. Why? Because 10% of everything goes to where? It goes to God. So the first 10% 10 of oil squeezed always went to the temple to light the candles, the menorah. So that's just an interesting, and we'll see that next year anyway. So that's there. But this is really cool. This is an ancient Byzantine synagogue that was built on top of another synagogue. And the Byzantines are the Greeks, and they ruled the world, remember, during this time. The Roman did. Rome did. And... Um, uh, Constantine created Constantinople, which was an eastern capital of Rome. And then western Rome fell. We know Rome burned, blah, blah, blah. But the eastern side of the Roman the, uh, culture is called the Byzantines. And they created, continued to create. And then here you have uh, Jewish uh, believers building a synagogue in Capernaum. And that would be the synagogue right there where Jesus would have preached in, in uh, Capernaum. Pretty amazing, pretty amazing stuff. So that's the context of miracle number three. Let's take a look at it in Luke chapter four. Follow along. If you have your Bibles, get them out. Luke chapter four, verse 31, beginning there. And he, meaning Jesus, went down to Capernaum. But I just showed you a map from, from Cana up 
to uh, Capernaum is actually up, we would say, us Westerners, but again, when you're in the Middle East, here in Jerusalem, in Israel rather, we don't say we're going up to a place, like it's north, we always uh, reference elevation. And so Capernaum is down towards the Sea of Galilee. So they went down in elevation to Capernaum, to a town in Galilee. Galilee is just the region. It would be like, hey, we went to Illinois, but we haven't said what town in Illinois. So it's a region, Galilee is a region. And they did this on Sabbath. Sabbath, of course, is the sixth day. It's the Saturday. It's the day that Jews worshiped. And so they went there. They went to the synagogue and preached. And they began to teach the people. Verse 32. And those people were amazed at Jesus' teaching. Why? Because his message, here it is. We're talking about authority and power today. How to walk in authority and power. They said, wait a second. There's something different about this guy. His message has what? Authority. That's, that's Luke chapter 4, verse 32. But if you back up to the previous story, Jesus sits down in the synagogue and the scroll was handed to him and he read Isaiah 61, 1, and he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners, recovery of sight to the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the years, uh, Lord of the years, uh, the year of the Lord's favor. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to him, to them in, in the synagogue, and said, "Today, this has been fulfilled in your hearing." So he is just now launching his ministry. Miracle number one in Cana was water to wine. His power number two was his authority when he spoke to the uh, uh, royal soldier's son situation. And so, verse 33 of our text, in the synagogue, right where we saw, in the synagogue, uh, it says this, and I'm going to break it down for you, so watch the scripture. In the synagogue, there was a anthropos who was possessed... He was being held by, these are all the original Greek definitions, by a demonion, a demon, being dominated. That's where we get the word dominated from. An evil, which is an impure, foul, unclean, demonic pneuma. So not the pneuma of God, the breath of God, but the, but, but the spirit, this evil spirit was holding this person. And he cried out, the term would really be screamed, at the top of, at the top of, the Greek word is megas, like something's mega, like the biggest ever. He cried out, he screamed in the loudest voice possible, in the loudest voice, phone, where we get the English word phone, he used his voice and he said, ha, verse 34, what do you want with, uh, plural, there's more than one of them in there, in this guy. What do you want with us, Jesus of Naz? Oh, the, the devil knows Jesus. Oh, the devil knows Jesus. What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us, plural? And then the demon threw, oh wait, uh, uh, and I know who you are. I love that phrase. In fact, you should probably have it underlined here. I know who you are. You know what that means? You're not the plastic fruit. You're the real deal. Uh, you're the real deal. The Holy One of Theos, the Holy One of God. Verse 35. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. 
come out of him. The phrase meaning to get out, to go out, depart and go away. And then the demon threw the man down before all of them and came out without injuring him. All the people were amazed. I mean, imagine that happening in the synagogue, right? All the people were amazed and said to each other, what is this teaching with, here they are, authority and power. He gives orders to evil numas, to demon-possessed, to evil spirits, and they come out, both power and authority. Get it. Miracle number one, it's all about his power. He could speak to anything and it could change in a moment. Authority number two, he didn't even have to go. A miracle number two, he didn't even have to go to the royal official's house. He just said it, authority. Miracle number one, power. Miracle number two, authority. Casting out demons, power and authority. Boom. You see how Jesus unroll, how, roll, how he rolls out his miracles? I love it, I love it. So his power... He did what? He changed dirty water to wine. With his authority, he just simply spoke. Your son is healed. But now here, he combines both of them in his third miracle and demonstrates power and authority. How does he do that? He speaks to the the demonic realm and the demons will decide whether or not they want to obey. No, that's not how it reads. When Jesus says to a demonic spirit, get out, They have no other choice. The devil is defeated. The demons, his little imps, they're just his little servants. And when the king of all kings walks into the synagogue, walks into the room, walks into the house, he says, no, you, you got to go. Boom. They throw the dude down. I don't know what that looked like, but they threw threw, threw the guy down and boom, vanished, gone. Demonic activity is simply unable to resist the power of God. They had no choice but to leave. So here's our applications, couple. Number one, today, you know it well, you and I, we live in a world where spiritual battles are real. They're more real than the clothes you're wearing. They are so, they are, if you, if, if, imagine for a second, that the Lord just kind of pulled back the curtain and allowed you to see the spiritual activity in your life, in your room, in your workplace, in your governments, you would be stunned. Because what is not seen is more real, says the word, than the things that you actually see. And we need to be reminded, don't we? We need to be reminded about that. We love bargains I'll I'll, I'll qualify I love bargains I love bargains I mean my car just wants to pull into a garage sale I don't know about you some of you that's not you or but like on when I when I go shopping for something it's like I'm gonna go to the price comparison anybody else you go to the price comparison website so you can see oh at Lowe's it's this at Menards it's that it's at home it's $20 cheaper at Home Depot is it worth me driving to uh, Jacksonville to burn 20 uh, 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 and you make you know you make you want to make a deal why because you don't want to waste now listen I get it when you want quality you want quality but even when you want quality you want a deal 
So don't tell me I'm just going to be, I'm not, I don't care. Oh, you do care about price and you want a deal. But here's the thing about the gospel. It costs you everything. No matter what you have, it's the same price for all of us. You, it's like, the, the, the kingdom of God is like a man who finds a pearl of great treasure and he sells everything. I said he sells everything and then goes and purchases it. But so often we come, this is not, this is all for free, ladies and gentlemen. This is not even in the notes, so just buckle up here for a second. So often we want the gospel cheap. Well, I, I, I want the power and the authority, but I'm not willing to pay the price. And so you, 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 you instead of 220 volts, you, you somehow, the church has become happy with just rubbing their, rubbing their feet along the carpet and getting a little static shock. Or taking the nine volt battery, oh, 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 you touch it on your tongue. You ever done that? Take the nine volt battery, just touch it on your, ooh, ooh, no, no, no. Try that in the socket of the wall. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm, not a very, I'm not a very demonstrative person, you know, jumping up and down and raising my hands. Let me tell you what, when you encounter power, you, your body will react to that. It's not cheap. I don't know if you remember, uh, uh, there was a movie, Joey can help me with the title. It's Tip of the Spear, what was it called, Joey? End of the Spear, end of the spear. thank you, sir. <laughs> it's the end of the spear. It was a story about uh, uh, um, Jim Elliott, the missionary who graduated from Wheaton back in the day, and he and four buddies went to the Aka Indians in Ecuador. Yes, ring a bell with anybody? Yeah, okay, yeah. And he's the one uh, that talks about his sacrifice and so on and so forth. And then uh, he died. Uh, they killed him. They were cannibals. They, 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 they ran him through with a spear. And so his, his wife, his widow, Elizabeth Elliot, this is a great story. I won't worry with all the details. She's at a, at, a, at a conference like a year after her husband had been murdered by these Aki Indians in Ecuador. And someone asked her, she said, tell, tell us about, you know, how it was the day that you got the news that, that Jim had died. And aren't you sad, in, you know, that he died in, in this forest in the jungle of uh, South America? And she goes, I don't know what you're talking about because he didn't die that day in the jungle. He died the day he gave his life to Jesus. At the age of 15, Jim Elliott ceased to exist because I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. This is, this is the degree of strength that we have, ladies and gentlemen. Fear has no hold on us if death has no hold on us. That's the worst thing they can do to you, is kill you, right? And then you just graduate and go to heaven. So why don't, you, why, don't, why don't we tap into the power and the authority that God has given us through his word? Just a little admonition for all of us this morning. Praise the Lord. Okay, so um, we live in a world where spiritual battles exist. And they exist everywhere. Not just oh, on, on, on national levels between countries and powers and principalities. How about in parenting? How about in your marriage? How about in your workplace? I remember when I first got saved, I was a, a finance manager, and um, the, a person in the office didn't like the fact that I was putting Jesus loves you pencils everywhere. Uh, you know, you go to the Christian bookstore, and I buy a whole bunch of Christian, Jesus loves you pencils. And, and I, I remember what it was, the Pentecostal Evangel or some magazines, like some Jesus, the Charisma or whatever magazines back in the day. And I took out, the, I took out all the Playboys that were in the bathroom, hand to heaven, playboys in the guy's bathroom, 
uh, took all those out and replaced them with Jesus magazines everywhere. <laughs> yeah, 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 I was that guy, right? And, and this one guy who's taller than me, I don't remember his name, but his nose kind of would come right here in the middle of my forehead, so he's probably 6'2", 6'3", and he threatened to beat me up. You better knock it off. We don't need any of this Jesus stuff around here. And I just smiled at him. I was like, what? you know, you're going to threaten you? When you don't have fear, ladies and gentlemen, it rattles the devil. It rattles the devil. And that was Jesus. So the troubles are real. They're everywhere. I mean, not just there, but in your community, in your government, in the state, in the nation. However... This is the big however. This is the caveat. Jesus has power and authority over all those troubles. Amen. Name a trouble. You come to me, hey, Pastor, would you really pray for me? I got the world's worst situation. I'm going to sit there, stand there. I'm going to listen to the world's worst situation, and they're going to say, but Jesus. That's how we should talk to ourselves. Stop playing the tapes of defeatism. No, start saying, I am Jesus. I'm my beloved and he is mine and there is nothing I'm afraid of. There's absolutely nothing I'm afraid of, including death. And when you have that level of, of tenacity, I'll tell you what, demons will tremble Amen. because they know you're already dead. Amen. So Jesus has power and authority over all your trouble, all your situations. He said in John 16, hey, in this world you're gonna have trouble. You're gonna have it. Can't get around it. You're going to have to go through it. But take heart. Why? Because I have overcome the world. What trouble do you have in your life today? Don't worry. Don't worry. You're sick. You're diseased. You got problems in your marriage. There's problems at home with the kids and the family and the job. Don't worry. Take heart. I've overcome the world. So let's get practical. That power and that authority. I initially wrote, is yours. But I, I, had to, I had to question myself about power and authority being yours. I'm going to tell you this. It's been made available to you. I'm not saying you have it automatically. A lot of people think they have it automatically. But I'm going to submit to you they don't. This past week, I had, I had a, a difficult conversation to have with uh, some people. And in this conversation, um, I prayed before, I, I told my wife this, this week, um, because it was, it was very powerful to me. So I'm sitting in my chair in the living room, I'm preparing myself for this meeting that I have uh, with some influential people um, about some of their issues with things that I've said, because supposedly I'm a fear monger. Um, and, and, and so we, we all want to vindicate ourselves. So I was praying. I was actually praying out loud. And I, and I said, I prayed this prayer. I said, Lord, give me the ability to speak my mind. And the Lord just slapped me about to and fro. I mean, it was just, it was just that abrupt. It's like, he goes, don't speak your mind. Speak my mind. I'm like, What? And you know what that was? That was me dying because I want to vindicate myself. I want to, I, I want to stand up for me. No, no, no. Eric, you're dead, remember? Dead people don't speak for themselves. 
I want you to speak for me. At that, I re-crucified my flesh, got up, had the most amazing meeting with no fear, no trepidation, just an ease of words, was able to make my point clearly and articulate, and uh, it befuddled the darkness that was in the room. I'm sitting just very calm, very cool, very collected while other people are raising their voices and, and pointing and getting red face. And I'm like, you know, like what's the worst you could do to me? Right? It's like, no, I know who to, in whom I have believed and I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor principality nor anything could ever separate me from the love of Jesus. I am already dead. I'm not here to speak my mind. I'm here to speak the mind of Christ. You take that into your work situation. You take that into your wedding, into your marriage. You take that into your parenting situation. Hmm. It'll change the way you, change the way you present yourself to uh, tough situations. Let's just leave it at that. In Acts chapter 1, it says, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witness. Everybody say power. power. And then number two, in Luke chapter 10, 19, he says, I have given you authority. We're talking about power and authority, remember? First miracle was power. Second miracle was authority. Third miracle was power and authority combined out of the testimony of those who saw the man healed of the de demonic presence in the synagogue. I've just told you that you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll have authority here in Luke 10 to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. That's power and authority. Woo! <laughs> that was a Ric Flair moment for those of you who are unaware of who that was. I do a really good Ric Flair. Miles regularly sends me Ric Flair memes. I just have this the name of Jesus easy peasy lemon squeezy well let me tell you this the name of Jesus is not a silver bullet the power and authority is not yours the power and the authority is his alright so in Acts chapter 19 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tell you about somebody that was trying to use Jesus' name as a silver bullet and they were peddling plastic food. Some Jews went around driving out evil spirits, tried to invoke the name of Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. This is in Acts 19. They would say, in the name of Jesus, who Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Now, these were seven brothers of a man named Sceva, who was a Jewish chief priest. And they were doing this. And then verse 15 of Acts 19. One day, the evil spirit said to them, Jesus, I know. And I, the Greek is, I'm acquainted with. No, the first no is I really, I am, I am fully aware of, and the second no in the Greek is I'm acquainted with, but it's the same word both in English. Jesus I know, and I know about Paul, but who the flip are you? <laughs> then the man who had the evil spirit didn't fall down and come out of the guy. What happened? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them, 
overpowered them and he gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. See, the name of Jesus isn't a silver bullet. You just don't get to say in the name of Jesus. You can, you can, and you might end up in the situation of the seven sons of Sceva. So what's the point? Why, why did that happen? Well, they were selling plastic fruit. Looked good on the outside, same words, same words, the right words. So what's the difference? Hmm. So, pastor, give us the keys. Give me the key. How, how do I make demons flee? What is the magic bullet? How do I stand up against demonic powers at work in my life? How can I see the devil hide in a corner when I walk into a room? Well, I'm going to hand you a lightning bolt, ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready? Okay, three of you are ready. The rest of you... <laughs> I don't know if I want a lightning bolt. Okay, you don't have to have it. You don't have to have it. You can continue to be the intimidated. I choose to be the intimidator. Not, not me, but Christ in me. It's actually said of Catherine Coleman, they didn't want her walking through the airport in front of everybody else. They gave Catherine Coleman, the early female evangelist in L.A., they gave her her own entrance in and out of LAX airport because every time she walked in the main corridors, people fell out everywhere she went. So she had her own private entrance into the airport. Hmm. That's the kind of power and authority that I want at work in my life. You? So... It'll shock you. It'll shock your family. It'll transform your walk. Here's where, here, here, whether or not you want the lightning bolt or not will depend on whether or not you're willing to change your life. Because let me tell you what, where's, where's Ken? Ken, you've been, how many times have you been struck by lightning, my friend? Like two or three times, I think, right? It don't matter. So many times he can't remember. But it, it's radically changed his life. Look at his hair. At least he's got hair is what he's telling me. So it'll transform your walk. It'll alter your life. It will cause demons to flee. So what I'm about to share with you will partner with you, the real deal, not plastic, not plastic Christianity, the real food of heaven. Here's how you partner with Jesus if you want to operate in power and authority that causes lightning bolts from heaven. You ready? Okay, you're not ready. I don't think that, I still don't think, I've tried to build some anticipation. I want you to, I want you to have this, but if you don't want it, I can, I can go. I can go. I can leave. I want it. I want it. She wants it. She wants it. That's what I want. Why? Because I'm so tired of being beat up by the enemy, aren't you? Right? Right? Just poke him in the nose. Kick him in the knee a few times in your life. Rather, oh, oh, I got beat up again. Oh, I got beat up again. Oh, I got, why don't you just, you know, come at him like Zeus with a lightning bolt in your hand and say, listen, I'll, come on, man. You want some of this? I'll give you some of this. Come on. And use that lightning bolt like some sort of. <laughs> okay, I'm back. That was fun for a second. I was there though. That's how you should be in the face of your enemy. Not like, oh, 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 oh. No, 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 no. God has not given you a spirit of fear, ladies and gentlemen. Amen. 
but of power. Love and a sound mind. So here it is. Here's how you get lightning bolts from heaven. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. That's right, pastor. I should submit myself to God more. Yes, you should. If you want demonic elements in your life to go away, submit yourself to God. Quit playing around with the devil. Resist the devil. And then when you tell him to go, the same power and authority that Christ has now indwells you and you'll see demonic forces leave your life. But if you're not willing to resist the devil and submit yourself to God, you're playing mamby-pamby patty cake with the devil and you're wondering why you're walking around black and blue bruised in the spirit realm and why your family and your job and your money and everything's falling apart. I'm submitting to you. The lightning bolts come from heaven when you submit yourself to God, when you resist the enemy, then, then, he will flee. And that's the picture. I looked long and hard for that picture. That's the picture I have in the spirit realm. When you submit yourself to God and you resist the devil, God says, what can I do for you? So what are the mandatory steps of a miracle? We've rehearsed them the last three weeks. Number one, believe. Number two, obey. This is the proof text for believe and obey. The obedience is submitting to God and resisting the devil. Where are you not submissive to God? I can't answer it for you, only you can answer it. And it's different. I mean, generally there's some rules, things that we should be submissive in. But then it boils down to him being in the middle of your business. And believe me, I don't like people in my business. No more than you like people in your business. Looking over your shoulder, what are you doing that for? How come you're doing like that? My garbage disposal broke. I've never changed a garbage disposal before. And my wife's not being judgmental, but she's over in the, she's over in the corner of the kitchen, right? I'm laying down, and you know why under the sink is that lip that when you lay down, it cuts you right in half, doesn't it? It's like, why? That's a, it's the bane of every male who's ever tried to work under a sink, is that thing. So I'm under there, I'm looking around, I'm like, okay, where's it leaking? And my wife, God bless her heart, she's over in the kitchen. Now, she's not mad, she just has her arm folded. And she's looking at me like this. And I turn around and said, what are you looking at? She says, I'm watching you. I said, I don't need you to watch me. I'll figure this out without you. It wasn't this, this out went down, didn't it? Right. Raise your hand and tell them that's how it went down. That's, see, there it is. I told you. She's standing there and she's looking at me. And I got, like, I don't need that. I don't need, I don't want people up in my business any more than you want people in your business. But if you want power and authority, right. hello, you're going to have to submit yourself to someone who knows more than you. YouTube. So off we go to YouTube. <laughs> right? <laughs> and so I submit, I humbled myself. Hey, I humbled myself. I went to someone who knew more than me and I said, I guess I'm not as smart as I think I am and let me learn from you so that now I can tell you how to change a garbage disposal under your sink. I can clearly tell you how to do that now. The right way and the wrong way. I tell you both ways to do it. 
Why? Because I submitted myself to someone who knew more than me. In your life, let me tell you, here's a newsflash, you're not, we, we collectively are not the sharpest knife in the drawer. We need God's wisdom so that we can walk in his power and authority. And if you're not willing to submit to God, and that means him being in your business, you're never going to be able to change the garbage disposal of your life. Amen. That's the most convoluted illustration I could ever come up with. I don't even know how that happened. But that's the truth. That's the truth of it. Unless you're willing to have the Lord come in the middle of your, well, my life is too messy. Your life is all, I don't care how clean and beautiful you think your life is, you are still stained with sin. You are never clean and beautiful enough to put yourself in the presence of the Holy One. It is only by his grace you enter into, the, into his presence. No matter how clean you think you are. So every day, God, here I am. I'm a mess. But with you, I can do all things. I can do all things through Christ because you give me the strength. It's not my strength. It's not my words. It's your words. Not me, but you in me. Hello? Yes? This is how you hold a lightning bolt in your hand. You submit yourself to God. I am a servant. I can do what he says I can do. And if he tells you to do it, he likewise enables you or gives you opportunity to be enabled to have it done. It's not automatic. How does it become automatic? When you submit to him and you do what he tells you to do. And not only submitting to him, oh. All right, so I'm submitting to him, I'm submitting to him. At the same time, simultaneously, I need to be resisting the enemy, I need to be resisting the devil. Back to, our, back to our scripture in James. So where are you not submissive? I don't know. In prayer? You know you should pray, but you don't? He's told you, you should pray. Pray continually, but you don't? Then you don't know why you don't have power? You want to know why, 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 why you walk into a room and the devil goes, here comes the weak one. Slaps you around like a surrendered mule. <laughs> or you walk into the room and the devil goes, uh-oh. She had a conversation with Jesus this morning. She's not walking in her own authority. She's walking in his authority. We all better back up. Those are the conversations that happen on a spiritual plane when you have submitted yourself to God and then begin to resist the enemy. Where haven't you been submissive to God? In worship, in giving, in ministry, being a godly spouse, being a godly parent, being a good employee, being a good boss. God has told you. I, 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 I can't drill down any more than that. He has told you, and yet you, me, I'm including myself, can oftentimes be obstinate. And I don't want to do that. I don't like how that makes me look or how that makes me feel. I'm not as important as I think I should be or I, or I think I know my way is better. It's not certainly, certainly not as painful to do it my way than to do it Yahweh. Amen. You need to do it Yahweh. You need to do it his way, not your way. Well, sometimes, I'm going to tell you this right from the heart, sometimes he takes you the long way because God is not concerned about efficiency. You know why I know that? Because it was not very efficient for his son to come to earth to die for you. Amen. That wasn't very efficient ministry, but it was the right thing. 
He could have taken them the short way. Read in Exodus. Could have taken them the short way around to get to the promised land. But no, it says, tip, it says literally in the scripture, he took them the long way. Yep. That only happens, you are only happy going the long way when you know God said, go that way. I know everybody's going that way. Yep. And Eric, you will be, what did they call me? What did they say to me? They said something. You're, uh, Eric, you're coming down on the wrong side of history. That was one of the accusations. You're coming out on the, on the wrong side of history. And I said, I don't want to be on that side of history. You can't intimidate me. You can't make me feel bad because I'm going this way and I'm going that way because I've been told by the master of the universe. And it's not me. He lives in me. So the absolute worst thing you could do to me doesn't scare me. So call me a bigot. Call me a name. Whatever you want to do, beat me up, slap me around. Why? Because Eric died in 1980, whatever that was. 1984. Submit. Where do you need to submit that you have not submitted? That's the first half of the equation. The second half is where in your life are you not resisting the enemy? Are you playing Playing with the enemy. You know why you play with the enemy? I'll tell you why I play with the enemy. And I'll, I'll be transparent. Because I think I'm smarter than him. I can do this and not get caught. I can do this and not, it's not going to hurt that bad. And the pleasure might be greater than the pain. And so you, and you start playing. Let me tell you what. And listen, you can smoke cigarettes all you want. I, I used to smoke like a chimney, right? You can smoke cigarettes all you want. But let me just give you a little metaphor. The first time I ever smoked a cigarette... <laughs> Oh, that was good. What? 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 Right, because either you wanted to look cool or everybody was doing it or whatever. And so you press through what your body was telling you. Don't do that. That's not good until all of a sudden the nicotine grabbed you and then you had to. See what I mean? Nobody starts out smoking cigarettes with the intent of being addicted to cigarettes. That's not the plan. But... Boom, gotcha. So where is it, where is it that you're saying, you know what, I'm just gonna keep, I'm just gonna keep monkeying around, I'm gonna keep playing around with uh, my attitude. I got this really, you know, I'm so sarcastic, you know, and I'm good at it. No, 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 you gotta put, you gotta stop being sarcastic. Because your words are saying one thing, but you're expecting people to understand something else. Let your yes be yes, let your no be no. What about your entertainment? What do you, what entertains you? R-rated movies, does that entertain you? Wait a second, now you're meddling. Yeah, and I still have 12 minutes. Can you believe that? Do R-rated movies entertain you? Do, you? do you pay $15 to go to the theater to hear somebody use the Lord's name in vain and for naked people to sleep around people that aren't their spouses? And does that, you get your jollies with that? I don't know. The silence of the lambs. The silence of the lambs. Right? I'm... I don't know. If, you, if your toes are stepped on, maybe they're sticking out. Right? So you have to, I mean, who doesn't want to walk into a room and have demons flee? And you have, you have the lightning bolts of heaven in both fists. Right? Well, there's a price to pay for that. And it's everything. It's not cheap to have real food. It's expensive. You can buy plastic food all day long. And you can convince everyone that you're a born again, on fire Christian. But at the end of the day, if you don't have power and authority in your life, 
I have a phrase I can't use. My dad used to say, just chalk it up to him being a Marine. All right? You, you, you're trying to fool people and you're not fooling them. Well, you might fool some of the people some of the time, but you're not going to fool the devil because when you walk in, he doesn't see you. He sees the spirit attached to you. And it's either a friendly foe or it's his enemy. And I want him to see the spirit of Christ living on me as best as I can. How does that happen? I submit myself to God and I resist the enemy. It's a two-step process. I submit myself to God and I resist the enemy. So we've talked about submitting. Now, how do you resist? What is it that you need to reevaluate in your life should you want power and authority? Now, if you don't want power and authority, you know, you can continue to live like you do. But I'm, I'm telling you, there is an, there's an opportunity to have a transformative, the clash of titans in your life. Now, what happens then, I'll be honest, it will shake some of your relationships. They won't want you to change. They like the old you. They like the you that, you know, kind of goes along with everything. And, 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 and you have enough of the world in you to be miserable in church. And you have enough of the church in you to be miserable out there. So I would submit to you, choose you this day who you will serve. Are you going to submit yourself to God or your own ways? Are you going to resist the devil or are you going to go just float on down the river like any old dead fish can do? It takes a little bit of oomph to swim against the stream, to swim against the tide of society, ladies and gentlemen. I just read this morning, J.B. Pritzker signed another 90 laws into effect that are going to be rolling out. and they're taking, they're taking personal pronouns, he and she, out of state documents. It's just the person, the person now. No more he and she. Yeah. So... Your entertainment, your attitudes, your language. Well, you know, my language. That, watch your language. Let no unclean thing come out of your mouth, please. Please. I mean, you might have a favorite word. My mother-in-law had a favorite word. Shocked me when I heard it for the first time. I'm like, dang, Carol, what's that? And she was like, I'm like, whoa. And so that's your little pet, that's your pet phrase or your pet word, but it's not right. right. And it's unholy. Right. And it's, it's playing with the devil. You really shouldn't play, play on his field. Right. Or your biblical standards. Well, bad, I'll tell you what, let's just break it down. Nomenclature, worship team, come on back, would you please? Listen to me. What we use, what we, the phrase that we use is we say, watch, we don't call it sin, you know what we call it? Oh, I got a bad habit. Eh? I got a bad habit. No? You don't have any bad habits? Who has a bad habit they'd like to break? Three of you. Oh, somebody's going like this to their neighbor. I, that's not how this works. That's not how this works. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, please. We have some, God, if God is working on you, you should raise your hand and say, you know what? I'm not perfect yet. And there are th there's attitudes that I have that I have to constantly sacrifice daily. There are attitudes that I have. That, and maybe for you it's words or entertainment. A lot of times for me it's attitude because I can cop an attitude pretty quick. So, so I have to be on guard against that. 
And the way that I, the way that I guard myself against that, I just be, is I, I choose not to say anything. Some of you speak way too quickly. Some of you speak so quickly, why? Because you think other people care about what you have to say. They don't care about what you have to say. Just shut it, zip it, say, God, is that worth even saying? Am I going to be speaking your mind in that phrase? Or am I going to be speaking my mind in that phrase? You should all be thankful my notes disappeared. Voila, it's a miracle. They're back. Thank you, Lord. Okay, here we go. Last, last, last thing. God is ready to move on your behalf if you'll stop with the fake food, the tomfoolery, trying to use the name of Jesus as a silver bullet for whatever. Trouble comes to your life. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. You know, you know what's going to have power show up in your life? You know what's going to take? Submitting yourself to God and resisting the enemy. And when you submit yourself to God and you resist the enemy, you're going to see things transform in your life. That's my prayer for you. As we conclude this podcast, we want to take a moment to say thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please consider subscribing to receive our weekly podcast on your device. Check out the show notes for links to our website, more information about this message, or to support our ministry. You've been listening to the Destiny Church 217 Podcast, your place for real, relevant relationships.